What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Going for Two with Jack Taylor. I'm Jack Taylor. And my name is Hunter Two. And we are so excited to be here bringing you a podcast on Super Bulldog Weekend. We're coming to you on Friday morning. And oh my goodness. And oh one, my goodness. One of the best things about Friday mornings, as you know, we get Friday morning motivation. Jack, and what do you have for us? Well, first of all, we have an action packed episode today. It's going to be long. Um, Longish, maybe, Long maybe. Yet, maybe football's back. Yeah, so I'm gonna keep the I'm, I'm gonna keep the motivation short and simple. Um, drink water, stay hydrated. I mean, whether this weekend includes being with the dude Friday, Saturday, Sunday for you. I mean, sun's gonna be out. You gotta be hydrated. Uh, or say you're staying at home this weekend, cutting grass, maybe. Stay hydrated. So um, that's that's the motivation. It comes from Janet Taylor. Great advice, honestly. My sister gives the great advice. Drink water. So. I can't argue with drinking water. Yeah. Uh, that'd be a tough one for me. Yeah. So I'm sure everybody that comes to the dude this weekend with coolers in hand. Uh, only drinking water. Full of water. Baseball yeah, water. Full, it's full of water. Full of baseball water. So, um, all right. So that being said, what do we have in store today? Okay. First, we're going to talk about the Ole Miss series. Mm-hmm. And then, then, then we have a little bit of special segment, kind of, kind of like, kind of a secret segment, kind of, kind of, kind of like players as dogs, but kind of a different turn a different on it. Twist on that. And then the spring game talk is up. Yeah, let's go. Which is good. Which is good. We're just gonna touch on that. You know, we don't know much. We've never seen a Mike Leach spring game before. <laughs> and then we're. Gonna, it's like the old glory days. We have Instagram questions, and they are a plenty, and a lot of them. Yeah, so it, it's so good. I'm, I'm glad that the easy part of our episode is easy, and it's so long now. Yeah. It's gonna be great. Really great episode coming up. And with that said, I think it's time to get into the Ole Miss series. I'm ready and, for it. And, I'm ready for it. And one of the best parts about this is when tickets went on sale. Um, it seemed like there was gonna be a limit. Mm-hmm. But now the attendance, the ceiling is the roof. Yeah, <laughs> <And it's, laughs> basketball great Michael Jordan once said, "Ceiling is the roof." <sighs> so, attendance I mean, is going to be, be wild. The dude is open. We the, may be there with fifteen thousand of our closest friends. So, <laughs> who knows? This is this is going to be an insane weekend. I mean, but the, the craziest weekend that I've ever seen at the dude in person. So, um, man, this yeah. is going to be so awesome. There's going to be a lot of Ole Miss fans there, but. Obviously, there's going to be an insane amount. Saturday of is going there. to be so good. Yeah, I cannot I mean, wait. I mean, assuming that the weather stays like it is now, I mean, rain early in the day. I don't think it's going to hold anybody back from being here. It's going to be. It's going to be. It's insane. going to be a nice 65. It's going to be great. Sheesh. Okay, and then the first thing most people have been asking this question: um, Who has the most pressure on them in this game, Ole Miss or Mississippi State? So, I mean, coming into the series, I think you have to say Ole Miss just because we've swept the last two weekends and Ole Miss has lost the last two. Yeah. I mean, they, they're coming off losses against Florida. They um, went one and two against them, went one and two against Arkansas in a crazy series last weekend. Mm-hmm. And so I think, you know, them getting back on track really, I mean, it relies on them winning this series. And so this is their, I think, their last effort at getting a super regional bid or, or super or hosting, I guess. I think that they're pretty much locked in a, a regional host, but I mean, this is this is the resume builder they have to have to host a super regional. Yeah, and another thing is they they have the big recruiting monkey on their back about being two and fourteen over the last sixteen meetings with Mississippi State, yeah, that, and that is a tough year. Right and there. them, it's just breaking that, and for us, it's keeping up that yeah. like standard that we have had for a few 
years. Yeah. I mean, that, that being said, I mean, I think any recruit, and I think there are going to be some recruits here this weekend, surely, you know, especially for the spring game and then coming to this game, um, you know, seeing this series is going to be huge for, mm-hmm. for anybody that's, you know, can't decide between Ole Miss and State. Like, I think just seeing What a the, good position to be in as a recruit in yeah, baseball. absolutely. I just think the, the, the do being open, um, I mean, attendance records on the line like it's it's going to be an insane weekend and for anybody that's trying to decide between where to go i mean this series could be huge yeah so. um, it was kind of fun to see the last weekend um southern miss and old miss had uh attendance record weekends yeah like it was their highest ever and well let's see if we walk up there and yeah. kind of reclaim I, it was our... just <laughs> i mean it's almost like mississippi state saw that and was like yeah, we can't let them one up us. Yeah, so. I mean that's kind of our thing. We have a we have a board about the highest attendance yeah. with magnets. Like so. we can't not. We have to we have to let um, get LSU off this list. I think they're at like nineteen and twenty, and so yeah, just knock them down. We can do it in a weekend. Yeah, I mean if we did good that. a good Friday and good Saturday, we'd, we'll just that'd, that'd be, be awesome. so good. Okay, but. so one thing about this Ole Miss team is they are leading the SEC in batting right now. Yeah. Um, but there's two big pieces missing right now. Uh, Elko is out. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, he's not out like forever. He's somehow rehabbing a torn ACL and trying to come back as a DH, <laughs> which, oh my goodness, if he was on our team, I'd be like, that is the most bad A thing I've ever heard of. <laughs> yeah. But that just seems like an... It doesn't seem like a good decision. seems like poor... But career, yeah, and that being but. said, we won't see him in this series. I mean, I guess there is a chance we see Ole Miss later on, and then we could run into Elko, but he will be out for the series. And then Johnny Bench's son, uh, Justin, I believe is his name, their third baseman, is doubtful for the weekend. So. Yeah, we could see him Saturday and Sunday, but uh, it's kind of like TA getting the sitting down for the week midweek, mm-hmm. but he kind of had an injury in the Arkansas, it wasn't series. just like soreness or something, yeah. So, um, yeah. So those are two huge parts of their offense. Like best two. Yeah, that we're probably not going to see. So who knows? Yeah. Um, Another thing about Ole Miss, uh, on their Sunday starter, they moved their most consistent reliever to the Sunday start. Yeah. Uh, They replaced uh, Diamond with McDaniel. Yeah. Uh, McDaniel's been pretty good out of the pen, did some midweek work, been pretty good. So, I mean, I don't know what he's going to do against SEC competition. We'll see. I mean... I know we'll get to it in just a moment, but I mean, I take us in a Sunday game either way, especially if um, the first two games go the way that we want them to, you know, not using our bullpen completely. I mean, I take Sunday, if both of us have full bullpen, which I don't see how that could be possible, if both of us have our entire bullpens ready, <laughs> I take us completely. Yeah. So, um, all right, well, let's move into like the game by game. Let's see the pitching matchup. So Friday night, I mean, obviously for us, it's going to be Christian McLeod, and then the name that you're going to see for Ole Miss is uh, Gunnar Hoagland. And so, what do you, what you got about Gunnar? Um, Hoagland strikes out so many people. Yeah. And he's going against an offense that, at least how it seems when you watch them, does not strike out a lot. We're always putting balls in play, mm-hmm. whether whether we they're good balls or not. It's it's in play. I, yeah. I, I'm really intrigued for this matchup, and C-Mac is just like him with the strikeouts. Yeah. I mean, just to put it in perspective what this is, I know it's Christian McLeod um, struggled earlier in the year, but he's at 58 strikeouts right now. I think Hoagland is somewhere in the 70s. So, I mean, that's just how many times – that's just how many strikeouts Hoagland gets. I mean, it's double digits every time yeah, he goes out there. It's a top 15 pitcher matchup in the MLB draft. It's, yeah. I mean, both of them um, – 
looking like they're going to be first-round picks. And so this is going to be, uh, and I know you hear us say it a lot, but it's SEC ball. It's going to be a pitcher's duel. It Mm -hmm. seems like it's going to be. Um, So, I mean, for us, I think you're going to see Christian McLeod on a really good day, like we've seen in the past two weeks. You're going to see him go six innings, uh, maybe um, five, five, six, somewhere in there. Yeah. Um, But for Gunnar Hoagland and this Ole Miss pitching staff, they really like to send their pitchers into a over 100 pitches. Yeah, and Friday and Saturday, we're almost guaranteed to see Nikhazy and Hoagland go 100 pitches. Yeah. And I, I really think the most important thing for us is going to be getting to Taylor Broadway early. Taylor Broadway is kind of like their ace in the bullpen. Yeah. Kind of like Landon, but not as good. Yeah. I'm, I'm just going to go ahead and say <laughs> that. Um, yeah. I think that's if, if we can make him throw at least two innings, he's not as good in his second start of the, well, second appearance of the series. Yeah. So if we can do that, that has me feeling great for the rest of the series. Yeah. We just have, as it always seems, get to the starter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, all that being said about Hoagland and Nikhazy, which we'll talk about in a moment, uh, going into the 100 pitches, that's, that's, completely best case scenario for Ole Miss yeah. uh, because they don't have as deep a bullpen as we do and that's assuming that our offense who's really heating up right now doesn't get to them early so um, you know our offense could just flip a switch and just get 10 runs like they did on uh, our offense seems a whole lot like our pitching staff like remember earlier in the season the uh, scoreless streak of innings yeah. it seems like our offense can hit a stride at any point and just be incredible. Yeah, be un- untouchable. I, like you know? I, I, I don't know. Like, it, it's it's gonna be a wild ride. I mean, right now our easiest out is three year starter Hatcher, <laughs> and it could take one weekend against this in state rival I mean, to Hatcher turn it around completely. Okay, in my opinion, and one game against Auburn. I mean, I'm okay with that. I mean, yeah. I mean, and once again, it's not that he's just completely uncompetitive in these at bats. I mean, he's he's hitting the ball hard. Mm-hmm. It's just. Like, it's I mean, we already, weird. We, we've already said like we don't strike out very often. He's putting the ball in play, and most of the time it's it's good contact. But it's just that seems to be the story of the last few weeks is just he's not hitting the ball. Yeah. Um. One important thing in this Friday game is um after C-Mac keeps us in the game because we know that's what C-Mac does is we need to find a bridge to Landon. Yeah. Um. And before it was kind of Brandon Smith or, yeah. So. Brandon Smith's been a little shaky, but I know me and you have talked about this, and we both have confidence that he's going to come back, Mm -hmm. and hopefully we can find someone to bridge us to Landon so Landon doesn't have to do any nine-out saves. Yeah, and I I do think that Houston Harding is a name that we could see take that role. Um, I especially like him on Friday so that we can see him again on Sunday if needed. Mm -hmm. Uh, I I don't really like pitchers going, or relief pitchers going back-to-back days, you know, Saturday and Sunday. I like a little bit of rest there. Uh, and it seems like Lamonis does too. Mm-hmm. Um, so Houston going Friday to bridge to Landon um, could be him or Preston or Brandon could all be options. Yeah, and I'll talk about a, na- a name I really want to see on Sunday when we get there. But uh, moving forward into the Saturday game, uh, we're going to see Will Bedner, and we're going to see him go against uh, Doug Nikhazy, who we've actually seen before, and he pitched really well against us in 2019. So Nikhazy is going to be the biggest villain uh, I think the du- the new dude has seen. Uh, he might be up there with Oltoff. <laughs> oh, <laughs> uh, Tulane's ace on a on a Friday night. He got suspected of having some some substance in his glove, and he turned to our dugout and gave a thumbs up. I think uh, Doug Nikhazy could give us like an evil villain laugh and a <laughs> like some dance or if, something. If Nikhazy does good, I kind of expect him to bow to our crowd. Yeah. <laughs> Just give him a bow. But 
Oh. He's he's a weird guy. I mean, uh, he, he, he talks to himself on the mound. He he does little dances. He he runs off the mound. I think after good innings, he just sprints off. And 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 the weird thing about him is he doesn't like his arm isn't like ninety eight high ninety stuff. He's no. he just fights out of innings. And we saw in the Arkansas series he pitched the game of his life, but was walking people and had like two or three people on base multiple times yeah. and just got out of the stuff and, and i've never seen us strand guys on base <laughs> oh that doesn't sound like us <laughs> for the record that sounds like us so we really i mean that's the key to getting to nikhazy i think is take advantage of walks um take advantage of you know having guys in scoring position whether it's using small ball uh, hit and runs, bunts, whatever it is. I mean, we have to take advantage I of it. I think one key to this weekend is going to be two out hits. Mm-hmm. Uh, whichever team has those is probably going to win this series. Yeah. But uh, going back to the 2019 game that we saw Nikhazy in, uh, game two in Oxford, I believe, he pitched six innings, gave up four hits and two runs. And, I mean, all things considered, that's a great start in SEC in an SEC game, but their bullpen blew it for him. And obviously, you know, we continued our dominance over Ole Miss and swept that series. So, um, I mean, that was obviously two years ago. So, I mean, I know that Nikhazy's probably a better pitcher than he was then. But uh, the fact that some of our guys, I mean, we have a lot of veteran guys on this team that have seen him before. Yeah. And so um, that's something that we have an advantage of, that we've seen um, Hoagland, we've seen Nikhazy, and they've seen nobody in our pitching staff, with the exception of Spencer Price. And I Brandon guess. Smith. And Brandon Smith, yeah. Yeah. Um, another thing about Nikhazy, he's one of the three lefties in this pitching staff for Ole Miss. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Once again, one of three lefties. Three lefties, and one of them has like a 22 ERA. Yeah. So just... <laughs> We're not seeing lefties. And we have uh, a majority of left-handed batters, so this is really, really good for us. This is an advantage that we have. Uh, We keep talking about advantages that we have, and yeah, that's right. Mm -hmm. I think think that we have the advantage in this series, uh, and that's not even including The only one that's really a wash is the Friday night starters, in in my mind at least. Yeah, and that's not even including us being in a potentially packed dude for part of this series. Yeah. Um, I, I really do like us in the series, and we'll definitely get into our prediction uh, in a moment. But first, we'll move on to the Sunday game where we'll see the familiar Jackson Fristo face off against the, the guy that we just talked about coming out of the bullpen for them, Drew McDaniel. And so yeah. what do you see in this series? I'm, I mean, it's an SEC Sunday series. Yeah. It could either be somehow scoreless <laughs> through a lot, or the over-under is going to be 19.5 runs in this game. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, in this one, it really just depends on how the first two games go. I mean, what our bullpen looks like. Uh, because if I mean, we've seen Fristo be great, we've seen him you know, have six perfect innings, and we've also seen him like we did last weekend um, just struggle. And that was with a 10-run lead. I get it was weird. but um, Our pitchers don't know how to pitch with a lead. <laughs> but we, we have seen him struggle. And so I don't see that happening uh, a second weekend in a row, especially with, I mean, the amount of juice that he's going to have this weekend. I mean, he's just going to be – I feel like he's going to be really, really good, wanting a, wanting a strong comeback. But um, I mean, it just depends on you know how the first two games go. I mean, who has the momentum coming in and yeah. who has the bullpen? I feel like comfortably most people think or, or say uh, Mississippi State has the advantage in starting pitching in this game, mm-hmm. and I, I'd also believe that uh, we'd have the advantage in bullpen. So yeah. I mean that. Pitching is important in baseball. Yeah. If you have the 
advantage in both of those. That seems like a good recipe, at least. I, I mean, I don't know. And um, just to throw this out there, um, we did say that Ole Miss is leading the SEC in batting, but we are coming into this game with a five-game uh, stretch where we've scored 65 runs. Our offense is on fire right now, uh, and that's not just in the midweeks. I mean, that's against SEC opponents, and it was Auburn, but, I mean, it's an SEC opponent. Green Hill, two-hit Ole Miss. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Auburn's ace, two-hit Ole Miss, and we got to him in five innings, I think, and, yeah. and won that game. Um, so we weren't shut out into the ninth inning. So, I mean, it's just – it's weird, but um, I think that we're better suited for a slugfest, if that's what it turns out to be right now, because Ole Miss was getting just blanked early in the game against Arkansas in that game that turned into a slugfest. And I like to think the only thing that kept them in that was an, inc- an insane crowd. And uh, obviously, I mean, they have good hitters, but I mean, that... Coach getting thrown out on purpose? <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a bold move, but I mean... It, I mean, it worked. It, I, I Kind of, almost. Yeah, but I mean, we've got guys that have never hit home runs before hitting home runs. Lane Forsythe is heating up, and I just think that, I mean, it may sound weird that we're better suited for this, but I mean, our little guys that aren't six six foot two are, are hitting home runs, and Ole Miss's uh, uh, heavy, tall guys are are not. So, Kale Baker. So, <laughs> so I think we've got 38 home runs in the year, they've got 37, and How's that? How's that for some How's that for some little guys? A little slap hitter. But um, all right. So, if you had to give an over under for that game, uh, nineteen and a half runs. What you saying? I'm I'm gonna go under on that one. I uh, think I am too. Uh, I I think. I feel like we can just keep on throwing bullpen arms at it. Yeah. And and I know in the Arkansas State game, the last <laughs> inning, those were not. Those aren't our arms. Yeah. And, Except for the one that got two outs, those aren't our arms. And an interesting. Um, appearance that we might see on Sunday uh, if it does turn into a bullpen game I think we might get to see Parker Stennett in that game got a lot of hair uh, it, so you'll, you'll you won't miss him uh, if he comes in but uh, I mean he's pushing 95 and he's from Oxford so I think this will be an interesting series for him to, to make an appearance and you know telling showing Ole Miss what they could have had if they had gotten a hometown kid so yeah uh, I agree um one thing that we didn't talk about in this um there's been a whole lot of talk about the Hatcher situation. Mm-hmm. And what would your approach be to be against the Hatcher situation? Would um, you replace them? Would you move TA to first, Brad to first, get someone in, let, wait and see? What would you do? I, I do want to start this off by saying I don't think that Lamonis would be scared to um, replace him in the middle of a series. I, I expect Hatcher to be first baseman and batten in six or seven, like, we saw, like we've seen in, in the past few games. But um, we saw Lane Forsythe make his debut in a Saturday game, yeah. um, in a series against Kent State. So I'm not, I'm not a, saying that it's out of the realm of possibility for somebody to take Hatch's place on Saturday or Sunday if he shows up and goes over four, over five. Um, I mean, you got to have some production from your first baseman. Although he's really good defensively, I mean, you you might as well take your chance with somebody else that could possibly have be good at offense. Okay, to follow that one up, um, who would you replace him with? There's a, We have a lot of options. We can move Luke Hancock to first. We can move T.A. back to first. Try Brad at first. There, there's a whole lot that we could do. What would you do? Um, to make me feel the most comfortable, I would have somebody there that's played first base before, yeah. so I would put T.A. there. But I don't know what the answer is from that. I mean, do you move... You know, do you completely reconstruct your outfield and put somebody who you really trust in right field, um, as opposed to putting Brad there, who like could be kind of a 
a toss-up for... We're not sure. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we've seen him play in left field, but, I mean, I think... I, me, personally, I think that the right fielder needs a better arm than a left fielder. Yeah. You know, so, um, I don't Drew know. Drew McGowan time. I don't know if you... Oh, 89 batting average. If you move Braylon to right, Rowdy to right, just... I mean, if you are if you move T.A. out of the outfield, you have, you're going to have to reconstruct a lot. No, we just let <laughs> Rowdy and Braylon just have the outfield. I mean, just two outfielders. Just, that's all we need. Yeah. And so much range out there. Surely no fly balls will drop. No. <laughs> I mean, even with three outfielders, that wouldn't happen. Yeah, uh, definitely would never happen. All right. So that being said, or what would your, excuse me, what would your? Um, I'd really like to see Brad at first. Brad at first. He okay. Looked, he looks like a first. Brad player. or Hancock at first, and then fill the hole from there. Um, Brad looks like a first baseman. Hancock warms up at first baseman when he's not catching. So I, I think it makes sense. We've seen Logan Tanner at first. I'm not, not giving up that arm at catch. He is. I mean, Ole Miss doesn't steal. If 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 there was a weekend for us to put Lotan at first, this would probably be it. They do not steal bases. But um, me saying that they're probably going to steal about yeah. 10 bases. This yeah, JRP is going to go off for five. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> all right. Well, that being said, do you have any idea who your player of the series is going to be? For us. I mean, don't don't go out and say John Rice Plumley or anything. Yeah, like well, I was really thinking about it. Jake Mangum coming back to Starkville. You know, yeah. he, he's a whole lot like Jake, except for the batting average. The, I think he has uh, 380 less hits. <laughs> <laughs> Might be bold, but uh, that's what I'm thinking. That's what I'm seeing. Man, huh. They almost have the same amount of starting positions on the Ole Miss football team, too. Okay. Um, <laughs> dang. Um, I think I'm going to go Tanner Allen. He's been on fire lately, hidden great. And I think that's going to be my he's, he's also one of those guys that has seen uh, two-thirds of this starting rotation before. So, yeah. uh, I mean, this, they're not new to him. And um, so and he's he's done really well against him, too. So I think mine, I, I've said T.A., I've said Rowdy. I'm going to try to steer away from that and go with somebody who actually has never seen Ole Miss before. I'm going to say Lane Forsythe. Really? So got his first bomb the other night. Has Almost had, had two? Has had two three hit games in a row I think yeah I mean just he's tearing the cover off the ball right now and I think he's going to continue he's a new cleanup hitter <laughs> let's not say that I think he's still going to be in the nine hole which is weird I know so but crazy but second leadoff hitter and um man I, I'm really excited to see I mean he's been incredible on defense too so great uh it was kind of weird seeing the transition from him just being in there for mostly his defense and then the dude starts raking and like yeah, I mean he's batting three three thirty three. Yeah, I mean he's he's doing really, really well and I expect him to have a big weekend. Okay, um with that said, um I kinda wanna have fun with this one. I, give me your player of the week for Ole Miss. I, I just kinda wanna hear it. Um I don't know. I don't know enough about Ole Miss. I do know somebody who's gonna have a horrible time this weekend, and that's <laughs> Whoever plays right field for for Ole Miss, because there's a right field student section at Mississippi State that is just gearing up. I mean, looking at Instagram accounts, just looking for anything they can to just completely tick off. This is the exact direction I wanted this to go. (laughs) Uh, I just, I can't imagine anybody in right field for Ole Miss having a good time. It's not going to be a good time if John Rice Plumley goes to right field. And if John Rice Plumley hits a home run... I I might I might even be happy for him because he's just because of what he's gonna have to endure being in right field. So, um, 
That, mm-hmm. uh, it's gonna be so tough. Yeah. I don't feel bad. That's a toughie. I don't feel bad, but wow. Okay, so getting into series predictions, I'm, I'm gonna let you go first. Okay. So, as bad as it sounds, um, I do think that Ole Miss is gonna win Friday night. Um, I don't ask me why. I mean, this this game. Friday and Saturday, I know that we have these advantages, you know, that we've talked about, but they're they're for the most part toss ups. Yeah. And I just think that Ole Miss, you know, gets gets, <laughs> gets one more big hit against Christian McLeod than we do against um, Hoagland, and he's going to go deep in the game. And I just think I just think they're going to get it. Um, it's not the worst thing in the world. I mean, if we if we're losing in a game, I don't think we see Sims, and so we don't have to waste him. Um, you know early in the series and then we come back Saturday with a packed dude two o'clock in the afternoon and we just completely dominate Ole Miss yeah we're gonna dominate them and then I think we're better suited for Sunday game and we're gonna uh, finish the series win it to 2-1 okay I I like that um you know I I cannot predict a sweep yeah for Mississippi State because you know I'm ice cold on picks I've never been right in a pick ever so I'm gonna go one two Ole Miss. Uh, I have Ole Miss winning the series. Okay. I, I'm going to go Friday and Saturday. KZ does something stupid. Great game. Career game. Ole Miss is revitalized for the season. They go yeah. on host a super. Yeah. I mean, they do have more at stake here, I think. And um, so they, they've got more to play for. Um, it's it's going to be a fun series. Don't get us wrong. Like I, I could see that going either way. I could... If a team were to sweep, I think it would be us. Yeah. But, you know, Friday night's going to be an important game, I think. And I think whoever wins that has a good shot at winning the series. But that being said, I think we're going to lose game one and then still win the series. So yeah. that's just that's just my prediction and your yeah. prediction. So My prediction is for content and because I have a curse. I can't be right about anything that I care about. So this is where I'm at now. Yeah. <laughs> kind, of, kind of predicting... Kentucky to sweep us. That was a fun one. I'm been red cold since then. Red, red, your red cold is how I'm saying that one. Okay, it's gonna be a fun weekend. It really is. And don't get me wrong, I think that we have a great baseball team. Like I know we just talked about that whole thing. I we have a great baseball team. I was so excited to watch them play. Me too. (laughs) But uh, even more than that. We have a great football team. Possibly. We do. And before we get into that, we, we're, we're going to kind of dip into the Instagram questions. And this one was from Austin Swindle. Mm-hmm. And because football and baseball are at the same time, it's kind of fun times in the world right now. Yeah. Um, Austin Swindle would like to see SEC starting QBs last year as a baseball team. Okay. With the batting order, we did it. We're just going to pop over here. Okay. And uh-huh. in our leadoff spot, playing center field, we have Kentucky QB, Terry Wilson. Got the best speed in the SEC. Definitely covers some ground out in the outfield. I'm sure he can be, you know, nice little contact hitter. I mean, pretty, I don't, I don't pretty sure he'd see, be great at defense. I don't expect to see any bombs, but you know, just get on base. Yeah, and by whatever and he's, means. He's still in second, third, and home every time. Every time. <laughs> so uh, number two spot, we've got left fielder Bo Nix from Auburn. You know, I put I, we 
we saw him being a third baseman, but he's a little too quick for that. Yeah. Uh, so he does need to be covering some ground in the outfield. Uh, but he's also big enough to, to hit for power. And we've seen him throw over a few times in football, just 20-yard overthrows at the end of games. Mm-hmm. So we know he has a big arm and can be out there in one of the corner outfield positions. Absolutely. Um <laughs> Number three, number in the three hole, I think is probably my favorite of this team. Mm-hmm. Um, not not my favorite player, but my my it just fits. Yeah, um, is our shortstop Matt Corral. He just has, I think he thinks he has the swagger to be a shortstop. I don't see it. Really, um, you don't at all. I, I see it. I see it. But I also don't think shortstops that like think all, that they're all I see. Sl- all I see is just a typical Ole Miss quarterback. Yeah, I guess you're right. Just. But- I mean, but this one had just radiating that, that radiating that energy. This one had cornrows at one time. I mean, that that, was that makes me hate him even more. <laughs> um, so he definitely fits the the shortstop persona. Just like probably best player on the team, but he also knows that he's the best player on the team. And not saying he's the best quarterback, but he just looks like a shortstop. Yeah. Um, I mean, it just fits. So moving on from that, what you got in the four hole? We have designated hitter T.J. Finley. And all, all we have to say for this is just he's kind of fat. He can't play any other position, like maybe, maybe first, but we have a better one for that one. Um, <laughs> and, and he's right here at the five hole. We have first baseman Kyle Trask. I um, mean, he's got the goatee, I think, that fits most first, I mean, not most first baseman, but I mean, just. He just kind of looks like a first baseman, honestly. Yeah. He kind of looks like a somebody that's working a like as a mechanic or something, but also if he had to play a sport. Also like a third or fourth round QB in the NFL draft. If he had to play another sport, though, he'd be a first baseman. And then the sixth hole is our boy. The quarterback that you guys know and love is Will Rogers. Oh, I bet they thought I was going to say KJ Costello. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, KJ is Eric Sarantola in this equation. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Uh, no, so Will Rogers, I mean, second baseman. That middle infield, Will Rogers and Matt Corral. They're turning some sick double plays. Yeah. Uh, but now, I mean, Will, it's an easy choice. He's just small. Uh, I mean, not, not small. Yeah, he's kind of. I mean, he's, he's tiny. For this team, he's kind of small. Yeah, I mean, for an SEC quarterback, a little bit small, just like you, you want your second baseman to be. And, um, he's hitting for a little bit of power. I mean, six hole is packing a little bit of a punch, I think. But, uh, not, not too much, though. Um, number seven is national champion catcher Mac Jones. Um, I, I, it was kind of weird because obviously if I was creating a team, I wouldn't have Mac Jones at any position that I need him to be athletic in at all because it looks like Mac Jones and I got that belly on him. Mac Jones is a weird one. I Waddle and Devontae Smith just do stuff to people, don't they? And Najee Harris. I guess having three people that could have won the Heisman around you kind of helps. He could have won the Heisman. That team was crazy. I'm glad we don't have the... Oh, wait. So what what went into your decision to make him seven? Or to make him a catcher, I mean? I mean, he just kind of looks like a catcher. He just got that that gut on him. Yeah. uh, That's all the explanation we have for that one. And uh, moving on to... I mean, this one... Could have gone a few ways, but I say our, it's an eight hole. is our third baseman, Felipe Franks. He's the only person on this team that has been drafted in the MLB draft. Yeah, <laughs> I, I he did deserve it more than uh, Elijah McNamee. You know, he he definitely hit more big hits than Elijah McNamee. Yeah, Way big, more home big runs. Big hit Felipe, I yeah, think is what as they, they call, call him. him, big hit Franks. <laughs> 
Um, so, I mean, he actually did get drafted by the Red Sox, but uh, we'll not have a future. You know what they always baseball. say, the Red Sox are a great run organization. <laughs> and they may be. <laughs> okay, and then in the nine hole, the 89-year-old QB, 17-year starter at Texas A&M, Kellen Mond in yeah, right field. And I think that's just, I mean, he's, I think he's got a little bit of speed, probably got a little bit of power, and really just acting like our second leadoff hitter there. Mm-hmm. So, um, but I, I think he's got a pretty good arm to be a right fielder. Yeah. Um, definitely has experience. So, how many SEC wins? Okay, give this team five years of baseball practice. How many SEC wins are they getting? Um, they have an average pitching staff. <laughs> I mean, average pitching staff gets you five wins easy. Hey, look at them. So, it's but I, I don't think that this team would be competitive at all. Wow. With I, only 11.7 scholarships to go around. I have a lot of hope in Bo Nix, don't I? <laughs> I think a lot of people did. Uh, Bo Nix. Like his baby mama. Like his kid. Um, and with that, that's going to bring us into the spring game. Yeah. Uh, the, the fourth leg of Super Bulldog weekend. Yeah. I mean... It, I'm very excited to see a Mike Leach spring game. Never seen one before. We kind of got robbed of it last year. Um, I I think it's going to be pretty good. Um, Some things that we're going to be watching for, or at least I'm going to be watching for, is uh, O-line play. Um, I'm very excited. Didn't expect Scott Lashley to be back, honestly. Mm -hmm. Kind of read in between the lines last year that he was out for in his career. Like, he was just done with football. Um, I'd really like to see him be pretty good this year i mean yeah and, and for those who don't know that's the west point player who went to alabama and transferred to state so i mean and the thing, playing close to home we're uh, really an idea that i've him. heard is um that'll also do a whole lot for recruiting for us because he went to alabama he didn't stay home and yeah. he didn't play didn't get didn't get a shot yeah. and if he comes back gets and just drafted off, yeah and gets a good deal in the nfl get that I mean, is any if he's anywhere close to them, like the Tyree Phillips and Gabe Jacksons that we've that, seen? That's that's a recruiting thing, kind of like with D linemen that Mississippi State has kind of grown into being able to use. Yeah. Um, and another thing that I'm wanting to see is some linebacker play. Yeah. Uh, replacing Errol is going to be massive. What do you uh, mean, Errol's coming back? <laughs> that's nope. not true. Errol is not coming back. Oh, we're not breaking that one. <laughs> um, someone who is coming back, Adu. Abdullah Adu reportedly we're good at basketball maybe yeah possibly i mean that's kind of sneaking in here with the football but what is mississippi state hoops (laughs) i mean we'll talk we'll finish this this football talk in just a minute but i mean i think you might be seeing a last ditch effort for um for ben howland to to keep his job really it's crazy i Uh, mean getting a recruit from or getting a transfer from north carolina and Garrison Brooks, and then getting a recruit, another transfer. I mean, uh, from Memphis, so it could be huge. We're we're reloading With or rebuilding, to- whichever one you'd like to call it. Yeah, I mean, did lose uh, Devion Smith, but I mean, as people said, I'm not gonna miss those three points per game. I wonder how many games we're gonna lose next year by three points. Okay, so back to football talk after that. Yeah. 
Next thing, there's been a whole lot of people, because Mike Leach is like, oh, everything's a competition, that have been talking about the QB battle. And I, I really don't think it's a battle for number one. Mm-hmm. I think Will is this team's guy. I think over last season, at the end of it, we kind of saw him morph into that role. I know we didn't uh, talk about it because we kind of stopped after Thanksgiving, but Will, mean, Will took over this team. I mean, the Georgia game was really like... A, a launch pad for him, I would say. I mean, first time like on a real national stage against a real team, and he did really, really well. Him and Wally established themselves as a really good um, duo, I think. And then you saw him against Ole Miss. I mean, obviously we lose the Egg Bowl, but... Um, he showed out. Yeah, I mean, did really, really well. Against Mizzou, against Tulsa. Didn't, I mean, hardly threw interceptions. Um, it, it was a different brand of Mississippi State I mean, football for that time yeah and i think uh, it's just what the air raid was supposed to be he he just obeyed <laughs> mike leach and it really paid off and so i think that's that's my what i'm looking forward to going into the season is just like a more ex- comfortable will rogers seeing yeah more, more comfortable and just seeing the air raid as it's supposed to be run i mean kj i think just rock just, feet kj and it just took us completely Statue out of kj that LSU game sure was fun, though. It may just took it just completely set unreal expectations for what the air raid was supposed to be. It's not forty yard passes down the field. It's not this that. It's it's just little dinks and dunks. And we we really started to understand that more as the season gone on. And I we weren't doing the podcast during that time, but I was keeping up and still doing the spreadsheets during that time. And our average yards per play was skyrocketing throughout oh, yeah. those. Yeah. We weren't having like nearly as many rough plays. Yeah. It, it was really exciting to see. And and seeing us, um, the the FPI that we saw ESPN post the other day, us being the number eight team in the country. I don't want you guys to read too much into that. Uh, could you talk about a little bit about like what goes into that ranking? Um, a lot of FPI is uh, coaching gets a grade. I, I guess it really favors Mike Leach because historically he does do good. Especially in his second year and beyond. Second and third, yeah. Um, Another thing is returning uh, production. Mm -hmm. Um, We have a whole lot on defense of returning production. Our corners, Martin Emerson and Emmanuel Forbes, those are two guys that could be all SEC at the end of the season if they both play to their potential. And then our offense at the end of the season, it's all back. Yeah, I mean, you got uh, Marks and Dylan Johnson at running back. You have Will Rogers. You have our receivers. You have our entire offense, Wally. Yeah, it's and assumingly a stronger O line. Uh, hopefully, with Lashley in, I don't imagine how it could get worse. And there's some JUCO guys too that I mean, I just hope plug, please be able to plug and play. Yeah. So um, honestly, I think that's all that we have for football. Uh, really, I, like you said, we're just really excited to see what this team is going to look like. Got a few things that you're looking for, um, but that's all we've got for football. And we're moving on to Instagram questions. We've uh, actually put our prompt out in time this time, so you guys were able to provide those for us. And we're so thankful for that, uh, for giving us content here at the end of this show. It's been a long one, but uh, thank you guys for sticking around if you've made it this far. Really glad it. we split this one between two episodes. Yeah. This will be a tough one right yeah. now this will not be the norm but it's super bulldog weekend we've got to talk about every sport so it's it's really fun so uh that being said what do you have for our first question okay from football james 17 um do you think will has the qb spot in the bag or will jack abraham challenge him 
Um, I mean, like you mentioned, I know Mike Leach has to say that everything's a competition, but uh, I don't think that Jack Abraham came here to be the starter, uh, in my opinion. I think he, he might have come here just to, to learn from uh, a great offensive mind. Maybe he wants Leach. to get into coaching or something. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a great opportunity for him. Uh, just like we saw Logan Burnett go to Alabama last year. He didn't go there to, to get a spot. He went there to have something on his resume. Yeah. Uh, so I think that's what Jack Abraham's here for. That being said, he's probably making Will Rogers a better quarterback in the process by making this a competition. But that being said, I do think that Will Rogers is I really wonder what Jack Abraham thought when he came here and Jay Hobson showed up like two weeks later. <laughs> hey, coach, I hear you're now an analyst. Like, how wild. And then one that kind of is about the same thing from Corey Jeffco. Will Jack Abraham start for state? And I, I don't think so. Um, I've heard that the um, transfer from South Alabama is actually making a real push for the number oh, really? two guy okay. right now. So, and I mean, it's a long summer. I'm glad we actually get summer practices. So things could change. We're not really sure. I'm just excited to see the spring game. Yeah. Okay, and then from C.J. Hunter, weaknesses of the football team this season going into next year. Uh, I think about weaknesses that we had last year, um, really, really highlighted in the Egg Bowl. Set was the secondary, um, and then obviously O-line play is what we harped on all last year. But um, secondary seems to be shored up with uh, our signing, with our recruiting class. Uh, I think that we're going to be good there. Trust Zach Burnett to figure all that out. And then, even though Zach Garnett says we have a horrible defense right now, but that's really—I mean—in the way that I see it, that's just him. That's Zach Garnett having a, having a tough standard for his guys. Uh, and then O line play, like we've talked about, I think it's sured up. So, not really quite sure what the. Um, I'd have to go with offensive line just because how it was last year. Yeah, but that, I mean, another year under the belt with these guys. We know we heard a whole lot about the splits and maybe actually getting a different workout reg- regimen this season, kind of slimming down, being able to get out to those spots. Yeah. May help. I hope it does. I'll be excited to see it. So that's that's the weakness moving forward. Um, hoping that it will turn into a strength, though. So. Okay, um, Nathan Taylor, what will attendance be at the baseball game on Saturday? Um... It really depends. I, I've seen a few things on on Twitter that it depends on if it's based on tickets sold or like actually like people in there. And it also depends on whether or not we're willing to report our actual numbers or if we're gonna try to please the COVID freaks and just say that there were only nine thousand people here. Yeah. So uh, I think we're gonna push fifteen, fifteen thousand. Um, but that could just be me being really optimistic. Yeah, I'm at like thirteen five to fourteen thousand. Yeah, I think that's that's with us kind of shimming down reporting. I don't think that our administration will go out there and be like number one spot on attendance, <laughs> but we very well <laughs> number could. one spot. This is the first time we've ever had sixteen thousand people in the do in a baseball game. Uh, no, I don't. Th- I don't think it's gonna break a record, but I. I mean, I think it's going to be high. Let's push out LSU. That'll be a fun one. It'll definitely be top twenty. It could be could be fourteen thousand. I think the fifteen I just said might have been a little ambitious. Nah, let's go for it. Okay, and then I did put questions on Gene's page. Um, and the first one is from Oakland Dog. Uh, Besides Sims, who do you trust most out of the bullpen? Ninth inning up, one run. Sims out. Who's on the mound? Um, in this situation, I'm not going to say. 
Houston Harding just because yeah. he doesn't have the velocity, I think, that you really have to have to be a uh, closer. Which, all that being said, Cole Gordon was a <laughs> was Locked a great down. closer. Um, but I, I really don't know. A guy that I think just throws hard that I think I really do want to have this role one day is Parker Stennett. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm not saying that I trust him the most right now because he's still a young kid. But um, I say kid. He's my age. But uh, <laughs> he's still a young player. I mean, I feel like. Um, so I, I would say... I would say Parker, but at the same time, I really don't know who I, I want Landon in there. Yeah. So, if it's if it's a tight situation, I don't think it matters if he pitched the day before or not. He's I think Landon. And these next three are from another Jeans page user. Um, first one is who do you trust the most in this lineup? Mm, I know I said that. <laughs> I think Forsyth is like my player of the weekend, but that's just like somebody that just pops off kind of out of the ordinary uh yeah out of the ordinary but i think the guy i trust the most especially against Ole Miss is Tanner Allen so yeah um i'm gonna go TA as well Uh, i'm kind of a i'm kind of there with TA okay and then we answered the Hatcher one and then why do most people give Ole Miss the advantage in starting pitching i still don't get that one uh i i really don't either i I, think it's mostly Hoagland but I see that as a wash with C-Mac. Like, yeah. C-Mac is good other than that Arkansas game. I see, like, Friday, Saturday, this is the closest that we've seen, um, like, just just completely equal. And it's not like they're the same kind of pitcher, but it's like Hoagland is an ace, C-Mac is an ace, and I really don't know who to give the edge to. Yeah. I don't see it as them having the advantage. I think it's just very, very much 50-50. Yeah. And next week is when we're going to see it for the first time Two pitchers match up against two aces. Yeah, two aces that two MLB. I would definitely say are better than C Mac and Bender, Uh, but that that's for next week. So, okay, and the next one, who do you trust more, Leggett or DeBrule? Uh, I'm gonna say Tanner Leggett, and that's purely offensive. I think both of them are are about the same at defense. So, yeah, I'm gonna go with that as well. Uh, Early in the season, DeBrule was really fun, as you've said. Uh, and while we've talked, um, kind of is one of the best eyes on the team. Yeah. The rule seems like he's always walking if he's not grounding out, yeah. which, I mean, I, I, I don't know what to think about that. It's always hitting ground balls. Yeah, I mean, Scotty, he, I think he has the second most walks on the team behind uh, Luke Hancock, and Luke Hancock's a big hitter. I think most of his walks are more more likely just pitching around him maybe, yeah. whereas Scotty's are, he, it's him, like, getting the three two counts and just like taking a really really good pitch but still taking it yeah and um so yeah i think he just has the best eye on the team okay i think that's it for this episode yeah this, this was this was a long one it was a fun one <laughs> yeah so if you're still here sticking around thank you so much like we said i know it's a long one but uh we really had a lot of content to go through. <laughs> I mean, didn't feel like there was much empty space in here other than... <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's the biggest series in baseball that we've had in probably the last three years, regular season-wise. Uh, talking about implications for postseason, you know, the weird... Um, we didn't even touch on that stuff, and we did 48 minutes. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the, this weekend and next weekend are going to be massive for mm-hmm. what our national seed is going to be and whether or not we host... And if Ole Miss takes us takes a series loss right here they are they're really struggling having to play from behind yeah i mean they've they've got to pop off later in the season and so i mean the winner of this really has an advantage moving forward in hosting and so 
that's that's what the implications mean. We I know we mentioned recruiting, but hosting. I mean, this season rides a lot on this series right here. It sure does. So, so if you're coming to Starkville this weekend for Super Bulldog Weekend, we hope you have an incredible time. But if you're watching from home, also you know, also get in the car and come to Starkville. <laughs> I think there's <laughs> going to be a ticket for you if you if you want one. So uh, I mean. It doesn't seem like there's going to be any limit at all. So if you if you're if you're here, I think the weather should be good, and so it's gonna it's gonna be a fun weekend. It sure will. And so thank you guys so much for listening. Like we said, if you if you made it to this point, um, really thank you. It's it's been really fun. This has probably been one of our best episodes. I mean, I just feel like we have so much to talk about, and didn't even get to most didn't didn't even get to some of it. So, but uh, thank you guys so much for listening, and we will see you after a hopeful series win against Ole Miss. Talk to you later. I know I said we were gonna go down, we were gonna win two of them, but we getting that shit. We getting that speed. Girl, you my daddy. Dude, you better not say G T H O M. You're going to go to hell. <laughs> Sweepers get swoop. And we all out of swoping.